Shane. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. Tonight's special guest is Mickey G, environmental health officer extraordinaire. Not only that, Mickey G is an endurance athlete, ultra marathon runner, and has had some impressive BJJ success winning the Southampton Open absolute white belt division. He expects further success at blue belt once the one starts turning again. I wasn't going to mention the silver. I was just going to say winning it. And hopefully the other winner of the white belt division doesn't listen in. <laughs> I'll say that. Somerset. Yeah. He's won his category, though. He's won his category, mate. Yeah. Is it Somerset or Southampton? Somerset. Somerset. He won his category, but then he got silver. That's what I mean. Well, we should have stuck with Southampton because whoever, whoever actually did win the Southampton Open <laughs> definitely isn't listening. Yeah. So we could, yeah. have, we could have bigged you up for both. But that day was in my brain forever. That was a day of Wallace going, can you feed me, please, bro? bro Give me some food. Yeah. I must say, I'm going to start every every podcast now with the opinions expressed are solely our own and do not express the views and opinions of our employers. Just oh, to cool. give us a little caveat if yeah. we say anything stupid <laughs> that our employers In Jordan's case, it is the same, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it, all, all, yeah, I guess... Yeah, they're not his own views when he's working. Yeah, <laughs> just when he's not when he's not working. Yeah, he, he works for a limited company, doesn't he? So the limited company is his own unique identity. Yeah, uh, so it's not his views of his limited company. It's just his own views. So if yeah, we yeah. all set up limited companies for this podcast, then we'll be all right. Yeah. But right. do I identify as my limited company? That's the question. What pronoun do you use for that? Though? Uh, uh, LTD. Yeah. This is very bizarre. But anyway, welcome to the podcast, Mickey G. How, how the devil are you? I'm not too bad. Brains frazzled from all this current COVID-19 bollocks. Yeah. How is isolation treating you? Are you at work or are you isolating yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm working from home and we, we've, this is the first day we've got the kids home with us. So it's wow. been a, a crazy ass day. Have you That's been out? Are, are you being? Do you have to go out at some stages to do some things, or is there no real sort of eventuality where you'll be venturing outside for the foreseeable, unless it's for shopping and so on? For will work require you to leave the house at all? Uh, yeah, I might do. I might do. Um, uh, most most of our normal work is cut back, but EHOs, environment health officers, are responsible for ensuring that premises are closed. So. Yeah. Uh, all the food businesses that shouldn't be open or or all the other businesses that shouldn't be open we're responsible for ensuring they're closed so i've had to write uh, prohibition notices and business advice letters and stuff for our website and things like that so i've been personally crazy busy Uh, i was i was in work last monday but i've been working from home the last week and the girls have been in school i might see if, if a business is open i might have to react to it but fortunately where i work most people are compliant so we've been all right 
Have you, have you been caught by this anomaly that every other person I've, I talk to that works from home has been caught by, where they are a captive audience for a um, a online meeting, that you have more online meetings than you've ever had meetings before? <laughs> Is that something that you're... Because it's definitely something I'm experiencing. I don't think I could possibly have more meetings if I tried. And because I've got zero travel time... Um, and because I'm a sitting duck as well, the meetings keep firing out. Are you having that problem, Mickey? Are you having a are you having a meeting crisis? No, no, I'm I'm not. So, so um, recently, I took over the role as manager of the team, and so they all I told them all to work from home, and they're all my team. The rest of my team are all part-time mums, so they're looking after kids. So Brilliant. I just ignore them, and uh, and but it just means that I have to do all the rest of the work. So you're re- realistic idea of productivity is is, is realistic for your work for your your other team exactly team. <laughs> it's, it's me my brain's frazzled but loads of shit's getting done is that why you're wearing your gi yeah it's to, it's to escape the work mode it's a comfort gi it, um, it for those who can't see this mickey g is wearing uh, a nice navy blue tatami you know you can sponsor us if you wish tatami because we'll mention your name tatami every other Tatami time, if tatami, you tatami, want. Tatami, <laughs> tatami, geese, and we can tatami. online review and say, and welcome, we like Tatami geese. But anyway, so he's got a, he's got his Sasquatch Studios t-shirt on, which um, nice. we'll be running Beautiful. the competition for. Sasquatch other other gee brands are available. Also, yeah, we, we don't discriminate against other gee brands. Anybody else, Hyperfly, Scramble brand, anybody else want to throw us uh, a, a gee sponsorship? Gee or uh, 10. Oh my soul soul taker, my my good friend Daniel Lewis makes an absolute awesome gear, and that's true fact. I'm going to uh, do a little video vlog of the gear he sent me because it is unbelievable. Um, but anyway, enough of that shameless plugging of other people's stuff that they are paying <laughs> us to do. Um, so your job, Mickey, now I'm guessing over the COVID nineteen. Um, period has been pretty epic hasn't it I'm, I'm guessing you guys or environmental health throughout the country as 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 working closely with PHE and and so on and so forth to handle the situation is that is that generally what's going on at the moment yeah we're we're reading advice as it comes in when the legislation changes as it did during the week and we're having to react to that so it, there's not a lot of actual active work getting out there and doing stuff that I've had to do, but to actually respond to all the changing legislation and write new new information, new guidance for businesses and do these prohibition notices in case we have to close people and uh, draw up some fixed penalty notices if they're open and operating has just been a headache for me. But, of course, I can't complain about that. At least I'm working. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and a question we've asked other people in other um professions that have come on and i would like to ask you the same question is how do you see covid19 and the aftermath affecting environmental health moving forwards is this going to have you know a truly longer lasting effect beyond the period that we're all you know cooped up in our houses what sort of of things can you foresee happening that um you know that that we should you know be expecting 
So, so for me, the, the biggest part of my role is going and doing inspections in, in food establishments. So your, your bars, your cafes, your restaurants, that kind of thing. And they're, they're just getting smashed over all this. Um, depending on the government support and how they last uh, will depend what work I come back to. But it's looking pretty grim out there, isn't it? Now, a lot of people are diversifying. We've given a lot of advice to pubs and restaurants wanting to do takeaways. And quite a lot of them are doing that. And some of them are doing it really well. Um, so that's that's comforting. But there's going to be a lot of businesses, I think, that are, uh, are just going to go under. I mean, some of the big pubs, for instance, the, the rents on those buildings are huge. They they can't really last more than a week. So how they're going to last months, I, I don't know. It's it's quite worrying, really, for, you know, for yeah. them, I think. It's quite sad. So it's a business. Sorry? Go on, Kerry. Uh, so it's a, Weatherspoon hasn't paid his people, supposedly, is he? No, no, he he was a bit of a dick, wasn't he? Really, stayed yeah. open and then not paying people and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm getting reports of um, pubs that are closed now that are being broken into. Even even those that have got staff living in it to try and make it look like there's people there, people are breaking in and nicking all the alcohol and stuff like that, breaking down doors, smashing windows. You know, Some decent pubs people. as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, friends of friends who are actually managers of pubs and they're in there and they're, you know, it's quite scary times. But mm. I suppose it's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it, it, it's the shape of things to come, depending on how long this moves forwards and how well businesses are or ca can diversify and change. Because not everyone can, can they? I mean, I, I guess you see a lot of food establishments, Mickey, that just can't, you know, that take away food. Especially like the fine dining places and things. Probably a business they a want to get into, or b whether they're really set up for that sort of thing. That's not, um, you know, that's not their market. So it's 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 how these businesses diversify will depend on how they move forwards and and whether they're going to be there when this all blows over, isn't it? But talking long term, as far as you know, I guess not only will there be a backlog of inspection um, work for the likes of yourself, because obviously all the stuff that isn't getting done now yeah. will be getting done at some stage in the future. Yeah. But will there be new legislation, do you think, or new things that food establishments have to abide by to make them comply with, you know, more, you know, antiviral spreading you know legislation is that something you, is there something pe the foods can can do about that is that something that they no. can that's that's not a possibility well there's there's no evidence to suggest coronavirus can pass through food i mean uh, if someone's to sneeze on a on a sandwich and then you eat it then of course you, you're going to eat a live virus but uh, there's no there's no evidence to suggest it can generally be carried through food so there's nothing to change in the food industry with regards to this i mean unless social distancing carries on um then, uh, you know, in the wider format, because we get used to it, I suppose, and people it's start to stick to that and want less tables in restaurants and more space. The trouble is there's not a lot of uh, financial margins in food, so they need to get as much food out to as many customers as they can in the period of time that they're open. Mm, so mm. They, they won't be able to function if they have less customers. But uh, there's definitely no... I, I don't see any food safety legislation changing. I mean, we right. have norovirus causes us shed load of problems mm. so uh, you know, uh, 
in all, in all virus, it, it can, it's quite similar, I suppose, to uh, coronavirus. The winter vomiter, isn't it? Yeah, winter vomiter, yeah. But it's, yeah. they used to call it winter, winter vomiting disease, but it's now all year round. And it's, it's passed in a similar kind of way. It's, uh, it's kind of aerosolized in the, in the water droplets. And, uh, you know, we've dealt with outbreaks in restaurants and people, you know, people who've eaten in those restaurants assume that it's been a food poisoning outbreak and it's turned out to be norovirus. So, it, for instance, one of our restaurants, uh, our city centre restaurants, had a, a number of outbreaks, all different groups of people, all eight on, on uh, an, the same night, uh, over a two night period. And uh, loads of them got ill. And we tracked it down to somebody who'd been ill in the restaurant, who'd gone upstairs to the bathroom, been sick in the sink and in the toilet. And then the restaurant, you know, it's an, it's an Indian restaurant. So they just cleared it up as they would expect. You know, loads of people throw up in an Indian restaurant and get pissed and throw up. So they're used <laughs> to cleaning it up. But they're not used to cleaning up something like this, where you need to have uh, like a hypochlorite, a bleach solution and do it all properly or steam clean it. So they just mopped it up, but it aerosolized and got blown down into the restaurant and then loads of people got ill. Jesus. So, but, and there's nothing you can really do about that except give advice to restaurants and say, look, if somebody's sick in your restaurant, this is probably the best way to clear it up just in case mm. it's uh, viral. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And Mickey, obviously, we've given the statement out, the, out and I don't expect you to say anything, you know, politically, you know, um, you know, wise. But what is your take on this whole situation? You obviously kept abreast of how things have been going in other countries, you know, as we all have done. And you've seen, you know, the measures that we've taken in the UK, Um you're just a general opinion. Have you felt that this has gone the way you expected it to go? Do you think we should have maybe locked down and had firmer um, guidance a little bit earlier? Uh, you know, do you think, you know, the action at the moment is maybe over the top? Do you think, you know, we should be more doing more of this sort of natural herd sort of um, uh, herd immunity, herd immunity type? scenario what's your what's your overall gut feeling on on this sort of the, what's happening at the moment if i'm honest i thought the government was doing an all right job at the beginning i thought they were slowly uh, tightening the nut and bringing us all into line and people were starting to understand you know how dangerous this was and uh, so when the government put in more stringent measures people would think yeah that's we need that that makes sense and not fight it but at the point of knowing that there should have been a lockdown, there should have been a proper lockdown, mm. um, and the guidance isn't clear because I I have to deal with the guidance. I have to I have to um, uh, respond to businesses and give them advice, and I'm getting complaints from members of the public to say quite often by partners of people who are still at work, mm. saying, "Oh, my husband or whatever still is still working, and they're not uh, exercising social distancing." Um, you know, they're all traveling in the same vehicle to the same workplace. You know, there's none of that going on. And you think, well, it's not a proper lockdown then, is it? So you also no. lot, we're all staying at home. We're doing our bit. Mm. And yet there's loads of manufacturers and building sites and other people that aren't in the scope of a business closure uh, mm. that, are, that, that aren't following it. So that, that, that's a bit crap, to be honest. Mm. And also the state of the NHS, obviously, is just fucked up. Yeah. I mean, how do you think that is? Do you think there should be a, you know, that it, it has even been admitted in press conferences that there is a balance to keeping the economy moving mm. and balancing, you know, the infections uh, and, 
you know, minimising the damage to the NHS. Do you think that has a place in these situations, or do you think that, um, you know, we the the economy really should have been a secondary consideration, and our and a primary consideration should have been absolutely putting the brakes on the spreading of infection. Now, though, and obviously this is just my personal opinion, but I, I, as I said, I thought the government were doing a good job. They were they were slowly winding us all in. And they were trying to balance the economy against the infection control. Um, but it was all happening very fast and we could see what was happening in other countries. And it was only, it, you know, the curve was only properly flattening out when they had a proper lockdown. Mm, mm. And that's the difficulty, isn't it? I get I get the herd immunity totally. I get the fact that we need to keep the economy going at, to some degree. But by doing a slightly half-hearted measure, means that those businesses that have had to close will probably have to stay closed longer, mm-hmm. which will have a greater impact. So I, you know, I don't work in central government, but how do you balance those finances? Mm-hmm. Some businesses like delivery companies, Amazon and people like that, takeaways will do awesome. And then mm-hmm. all the other all the all the other good places that have worked really hard over the years are now they're now screwed, aren't they? Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a balanced hit on on all all persons out there does it it does seem to be you know you can't deny that the supermarkets here are going to be doing an absolute storm aren't they because but that's not their fault and they're doing a bloody good job of social distancing to be fair they've reacted really well to it and trying to get their deliveries out then things like that but to be fair the supermarkets seem to have responded quite well to it but yeah they're they're also going to do very well financially out of it yeah, no, definitely not a criticism of, of anyone in particular, really. It was more just an observation that it, it's been it's been noticeable that there isn't an even spread of, you know, uh, I suppose, and whether there would even possibly be an even spread of, of, of business struggling, you know, because out of disaster, people do make money, you know, inadvertently yeah. or otherwise. You know, that's just uh, one of those things. But it's interesting to get your... Uh, opinion on how environmental health will be impacted moving forwards. Who had a question? Who had the next question for Mickey? Uh, I think that was me. Go on, Ed. Do you want to ask Mickey a question? Yeah. So, Mickey G, just to give a bit of um, context to the question before we begin. So, I've got a two-parter. So, it requires two bits of context. In that case, I'm going to open a beer. We'll carry just on. Open up, son. Open up. It's so, been a long day for me. <laughs> So to get the context of the question right, can you uh, explain your background academically and physically, i.e. what you've done uh, training-wise? And then can you explain what an environmental officer does? Jesus, that's quite a mix-up, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, there's two questions, otherwise it won't make any sense. Everyone will be like, what the hell is he banging on about? When you so, say training, do you mean EHO training or do you mean jiu-jitsu? No, no, physical, physical training. So not, not necessarily jiu-jitsu, like <laughs> the TA days, running, Jesus, swimming. so you a life story? Basically, yeah. Let's go. Right. Oh, yeah. I was born okay. in 1976. <laughs> you old kid. <laughs> <laughs> I've met some old, old dirty blue belts. Uh, I don't know. Um, kind of cruised pretty well average through school and then uh, got to uh, about 16 my mum used to teach food hygiene and I started working in a, 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 a cafe and uh, the mum taught me the food hygiene course because she used to teach it. And I thought, well, that makes sense. And then um, 
she then worked for uh, as a quality assurance manager for one of the big bakery firms. So she knew the EHOs there, and they uh, and she got chatting to one of them, and she said, "Well, can can my son come along and do uh, some work experience with with you guys?" So I went and did that, and that was back in the day when environment health officers used to wear suits and ties and drive around in lease cars. And I thought, well, this is common sense, and he seemed to be doing all right. I'll, I'll do that. So I, I did A level A levels to enable me to do a degree in environment health, and uh, yeah, and then I went and did environment health after that. Um, you have you, you do a degree in environment health, and then you have to do professional qualifications thereafter. So like a logbook and interviews and exams and stuff like that it's not too taxing but you have to do that stuff and then i guess i started work in london in about 1999 broke off to do a bit of traveling then came back um worked in london for about another eight years then brighton and uh, and now hampshire um training wise I, well you've seen me at jiu-jitsu i'm not very good at committing to training <laughs> it's all over the place and it's always been a bit like that. I enjoy I enjoy the endurance stuff, which I think is what you're getting at. Um, I did I did my first marathon in 2003, and uh, I joined I joined um, the reserves of um, an airborne medical unit in 2002. So I did P Company probably in 2004. Um, so that's all really when that kicked off. Uh, up until I used to do cross country and. I suppose that's felt like long distance running when you were a kid uh, in your teenage years. But other than that, I didn't really do anything until I got to about 2000. Um, yeah, about 2002. So that that all started to kick kickstart doing the marathon training, doing the training for P Company stuff like that. Started to kickstart the whole endurance thing, and that's quite good fun escaping everybody and going off for a few hours doing something on the hills or somewhere. Nice. So yeah. So what what does an environment officer do for those that aren't initiated into the dark ways of local government? So an environment health officer covers a number of different disciplines. Your degree covers a number of diff different disciplines. So you can look at housing, which is uh, private sector housing. So you're looking after people who are in rented accommodation that doesn't fit a particular standard. Uh, houses in mul multiple occupation, that kind of thing. Then there's uh, general public health stuff. So like your rats, your drainage, uh, refuse, stuff like that. Then there's your environmental protection stuff, which is your noise pollution, your pollution, your air pollution, your um, contaminated land, that kind of thing. That gets a bit more technical. Then there's uh, health and safety, which I'm, I'm sure you get. And then uh, there's the food safety, which is your uh, inspections of food businesses. Um, you know, your general... We do proactive inspections of uh, all our businesses thereabouts on an annual basis. Every, every one to two years, we're inspecting our businesses, uh, make sure that they meet food hygiene regulations. And then uh, we used to inspect businesses to make sure they met health and safety regulations, but we don't do that so much now. Now we uh, respond to uh, intelligence complaints, stuff like that, and uh, investigating fatalities, stuff like that. Nice one. Um, so now it's time for the part one of the question. Without Without naming and shaming, what's the most ridiculous, could be horrible, funny, shocking thing you've ever seen where you've gone out on inspection? What's like a bit like a horror show where you've gone, oh my yeah. god? <laughs> I, the, I suppose the one of the things that sticks in my mind is being pretty horrible. And you hear lots of stories, but 
was a, a, a Chinese takeaway. It was a bit of a dive of a place. And I remember going in there and thinking, oh, this is pretty horrible. It's not very clean. And uh, all, all, all the stuff's been left out everywhere. They haven't put anything away. It's all dripping wet. It, you see it's been washed, but it doesn't look clean. And um, you've just got a bad feeling about it. You think this doesn't look great. And then you start looking a bit closer and a bit closer and you start to move some stuff. And uh, you think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find something in a minute. I know I am. So food businesses have to have uh, a food safety management system. So that means they have to write down how they manage food, how they manage food safety and they record what they're doing. So this, this particular restaurant had this folder and I, I opened it up to see what, what had been going on. He hadn't opened it up for flipping, like, it felt like a decade. It was dusty and dirty and greasy and stuff like that. And I opened it at the section about pest control. And this is, a, this is a bit that's been, this is a book that's been written for them. They didn't have to do anything. I open it at pest control and they're looking at me as a fucking cockroach. And in then, the book. In the book. <laughs> a bloody cockroach. It's a amazing. live cockroach. And then I thought, oh shit. So I close that, put it back, <clears> start <throat> to look. And then once you've got your eye on it and you can realise, because some cockroaches are quite small, when you get your eye in, you realise they're bloody everywhere. So this where his book was, was underneath the stairs. So there was loads of, he lived in a flat above. And underneath the stairs, he had all this paperwork piled up all over desks, everywhere, over this desk, all over the place. And once you start to move stuff, it starts crawling. And then when you start looking, you say, right, okay, I'm going to go back and look everywhere. Then you can start to see signs of them on the walls and everywhere. Now, cockroaches are nocturnal. So if you're seeing them with the lights on, that means it's pretty bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going in and working as normal and they must have had that infestation for quite some time Ugh. so yeah that was pretty creepy i've seen uh you get rat problems sometimes when people don't look after the drains properly i remember going into a chip shop and they had a an open bit at the back where they used to peel all the potatoes so they had all these sacks of potatoes and they had this big potato peeling machine it was all filthy and it was all it wasn't very well closed. It was all open to the back garden on one side. It wasn't closed off properly. And the rats were just coming in and uh, feeding on the potatoes and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But sometimes it's as simple as just going into a kitchen and, and realising that the chef you're talking to doesn't know anything. They're grubby. Their fingernails are all dirty. They haven't washed their hands since they got there and you know they've prepared loads of food. Yeah, I don't want to make you sick, but it's just. Yeah, I'm never eating that again, mate. I've, I've eaten takeaways <laughs> with you before, Mickey G. We've maybe had a far too many shandies, but you must still be able to eat food. Yeah, well, I did a bit of travelling, so you kind of, you, you, I've seen some shit for real, and you, you just, you have to switch off from it. But that's why I don't yeah. tend to eat at places that don't that have a food hygiene rating less than a four. If it's not four or five, I'm starting to ask questions. Yeah, I thought everyone was a five. I've never yeah. seen a four. I've What's never seen lower than a four. Class? The sad thing is, at the minute, they don't have to display it. So, um, But it goes all the way down to zero. What, there's yeah. still places open with zero? Yeah, so so we'll go oh do an inspection. For instance, I'll find somewhere that's pretty horrific. And, um, and, and maybe they're as bad as a zero, which is obviously the worst it can be. That's the food hygiene rating they'll get on that inspection. But of course, I'll follow up and I'll work with them and I'll get them better. But it's right that everybody should know that at that time I found them, they were horrific. And so if you don't want to eat there, you shouldn't have to. So all the scores go onto the Food Standards Agency website. So you can look them up 
but they don't have to put the sticker in the window if they don't want to. Not yet, but hopefully in the next year or two. That's the most toppest tip ever. Next time you order a takeaway, go on the Food FSA website. Always look it up. Check for the rating. Always. Oh my God, Mickey G, I've just thrown up and laughed that eight times. (laughs) I think think we should check out, if it's public information, we just just check out your local favourite takeaway restaurant and... And uh, we'll do we'll do a we'll do do an update over throughout the show. Whatever I'm gonna do it in a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in well, a minute. You, you tell question. me what it is, and I'll and I'll look it up yeah. and I'll reveal it. What's your I'm favourite takeaway restaurant, Adam? I, I can't say over the thing because if, if it's like a horrific rating. Yeah, it's public. It's public. It's public information. It, it is public not, information. Yeah. It's public information. It, 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 they should be proud to have a high rating and ashamed to have a low rating. As I'm gonna, e- I'm gonna email it to you in a minute after I've email. got the next question. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you get though is the more the most authentic sometimes is is, is the grubbiest. So you have got to balance that. It might be a bloody good curry or bloody good Chinese, but <laughs> added added flavour with a bit of cockroach. <laughs> you might heal. <laughs> my I know my local takeaway for a fact. The one that I've used since like back in '96 is a hygiene rating of three. But it tastes so good. Oh, well, the three's okay. Three's, three's that borderline where it's classed as satisfactory. So a three's all right. I wouldn't eat less than a three. Mine's but, a waiting but, inspection. Oh. <laughs> well, that means they're brand new. So they haven't yet been got to. Wimbledon Kebab House. That's been around for a while. Oh, uh, that might be one that I've used in the past. Yeah, I've, I think I've eaten there with both of you. Yeah. After the after the Christmas day. They might they might have changed yeah. hands. They might they have, have yeah. Everyone, the same people still work though, so it must be a limited company changing. Yeah. They'll do that sometimes, yeah. Hopefully not because of low food hygiene rates. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, right, God. next part of the question then, Mickey G. Yeah. So you in the TA? Was, yeah. You had to do the P P company tests. Yeah. Um was that just for people that don't know that's like People with nice maroon hats do loads of like exercises. It's the same hat. test. It's not a hat. Everyone else is a hat. No, it's no, mate, you're, you're a hat. I did that on purpose, mate. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I did that on purpose, mate. We earned that. No, hat. <laughs> did that on purpose, mate. And for everyone listening. Hat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same test that the normal army have to do, but do you spread it out over a number of weekends or is it all done as one? No, no, it's about, it's about four, four and a half days, but it's not quite the same test because I was in the reserves. So, um, and I was in a, a medical squadron that's attached to, um, so, so we're under 16 close support regiment, which was under 16 air assault brigade, which is what your parachute regiments are under. And so we support, we were a medical squadron that was, there was a TA that was made up of, uh, like EHO that was me. And then you've got your anesthetists, your surgeons, your doctors, your nurses, uh, all your top first aid guys. So we would go out on tour supporting Parachute regiment, all those guys, and special forces and stuff. So some guys would. Um, so we do. We have to do P Company because we have to be able to go out with them, uh, and we we become parachute trained. You can only be parachute trained if you've done P Company. Um, and but because we were the reserves, we were TA. What we, there was eight tests. Uh, there was um, you had to do a, a ten miler. Uh, you had to do a trainesium, which is like a massive climbing frame. I talk a bit more about them in a minute if you want. Uh, there was a log race. There was a, a two-mile speed march. There was the milling, um, a stretcher race, and then there's a twenty-mile, uh, a twenty-mile march. Now, a twenty-mile march we didn't have to do, which is a bit galling because I think we should do it all. But 
um, but we didn't have to do 20 mile march. And on the par on the parachute training, um, we didn't have to do the night jump, which again is a bit of a shame because that I thought that'd be quite exciting. So it, on a night we we jump out about 800 feet. I think we jumped down. We went down to 600 feet. So you can see the ground as though you're on top of a house. It's pretty darn close. Whoa. Now, if you if you do that at night when you can't see anything, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yeah. But, uh, proper scary stuff. But um, we didn't get to do that. It's a bit of a shame. We've done milling before. I remember the first time you ever rolled with me. We did milling, didn't we? <laughs> oh, when you were, milling. You've seen, when you were, seen me roll. I'm always milling. No matter what. You were mad, Mickey G. Mickey, well, Mickey G fighting, just whacking you all the time and keep whacking <laughs> you, non-stop whacking you. Oh, is that where you have to batter each other for a minute? Mickey yeah. G rolling, mate. That's what yeah. it's like. First time I rolled with him. He had to, I had to like, I think I had up guillotine in front, front guillotine in front of you on your head, I think, to escape your milling. That's the only way. But that was at D'Souza, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> See, obviously, I knew nothing because I was there. As an interlude. And then somebody I'm... goes, you've got to fight that big hairy monster. As an interlude, in Verwood, we're very lucky with food standard agencies. We are an abundance of fives and fours. Oh, nice. Uh, Spice of India, five. Oh, nice. The Hollow, five. Nice. Kebab and Pizza Hot, local pizza place, four. Um, what about Chulo, the chip shop? It's five. The chip shop, Harley's, five. Your favourite chip shop? Favourite chip shop. So charged you a thousand pounds on your credit card. Yeah, yeah. Charged me a thousand pounds on my credit card. That was, that was a bit And then argued with you afterwards about it. Yeah, then had a go at me. Yeah, this is not customer service scores. This is <laughs> your... your, your uh, <laughs> Food, food hygiene rating is schools. I don't know if I'd go customer service at five. Oh, I, I've been asked a lot of times as to whether the uh, the rating had anything to do with the quality of the food. And I've had people complain to me saying, the quality of the food there is rubbish. How can they have a five rating? <laughs> They're not related. I'm sorry. I don't eat the food when I go. Mind you, though, the cleaner they are, the better it's likely to taste. I would have thought there must be some sort of correlation. Missing dirt protein food. from the from the cockroaches. And under the fingernail dirt. <laughs> so, yeah. I've made me shake get, my fingernails. Did you get so through your G. questions, Dad? I know you've still got questions no, no, to go. Still, we're still going, still going. Mickey G is doing a good, nice, concise. So, you peak up many tests. Yeah. What was your favourite one? And what was your least favourite one? The favourite one... Probably. Well, there's two that were good fun. The uh, oh, there's a steeplechase. I don't think I mentioned that. Uh, steeplechase was um, uh, just over two mile, I think. And uh, you know, it was in and out of water and over obstacle courses and stuff like that. So like an obstacle course race, basically. That was good fun. And then there was the trainasium, which was good fun as well. It's a massive climbing frame, um, a little over 50 foot high, I think. And at the top, they've got two scaffolding poles. And you have to climb on top of the two parallel scaffolding poles, uh, like parallel bars, and stand on top of them. And I don't know how long they were. They're probably about 10 foot long. And you had to walk along them halfway and put your arms out. Remember, you're 55 foot high and it's bloody windy, usually. And then uh, and stop. And then you uh, carry on walking. So that's quite exhilarating. Um, the... The worst one, I would say, for me, was the log race. That's that's about two mile, and there's about six to eight of you on a log. But 
I ended up, I, I run to the front and got on the front of the log, which is probably not the best place to be because you all have to be pulling. And so the person at the front actually does most of the work. And almost immediately, my partner on the other side of the log, so it's like the log's like a telegraph pole, effectively. The person on the other side fell off straight away, didn't come back. So I was pulling, I was at the front of that log for a bloody long time. And that was horrific. It's really hard to run and breathe and pull something along like that. Yeah, so I, that I did that back in the day when I was a pussy, and I um, I made I was on the front of the log, and then <laughs> he died. Yeah, it's hard work. Proper Is hard that why you're so grey? I think so, mate. <laughs> why, you're, then, why you're Bob Hoskins? And then I had to stand, I had to stand up and do a five-minute talk about my parents' job, and everyone else in my group were like, "Yes, my father was a barrister." My father's a colonel. I was like, oh my God, I'm fucked. Oh, you went straight into officer, officer training, did you? No, no, that's back in when I tried, back in the day. One of my one of my many failures of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not a failure, Adam. <laughs> you're the, you are the best Bob Hoskins lookalike oh, no, in, Bob on the Hoskins. South Coast. Slash Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and Smee. And Shmi, yeah, Shmi. The gym, the gym may be closed, but it'll be open again one day. Everyone is going to die. <laughs> we might all gang up on you, and you'll be so fat, we'll have to roll you through the, around the mat <laughs> to get you in the middle. But think of the power that'll be generated by the extra mass. I don't mats. know if you're going to be able to move. You'll just be on your back like a little tortoise, hoping how to get up. Because <laughs> your beard and your derby will be getting in the way. It's like a little... Flailing man, oh, a massive round belly like, going, Help me, yeah, help me. <laughs> well, some of us can still get our legs moving without our fires rubbing together. <laughs> I'm waiting for that nappy rash to return. Oh, dark times, <laughs> dark times. <laughs> That's all my questions over, Mickey G. Thank you very much. Who had oh, the yeah. next question for Mickey G? I've lost count. That would be me, but I think you've partially answered it, Mickey. So, first of all, when did you start endurance? I don't know. I suppose uh, if if you've done some decent endurance stuff, you have a will to commit to it and to carry on, um, even when it feels like you're you're a bit knackered. But it's jujitsu is very different. I mean, to to roll and fight with somebody is hugely different than anything I've done before. I had to get very. It's a very different fitness. I had to uh, I had to learn to change. And when you've got some some person who weighs twice as much as you or in Adam's case about 10 times more than you oh. then you've kind of got <laughs> you kind of got to get used to having your chest squashed I mean you know all you all know what that's like that's something that you've got oh. have you just come P- pussies <laughs> if you're small get bigger simple result isn't it but don't get so big you can't fit out the door yeah <laughs> Get big or die small, but don't get like so big you're apparently Bob Hoskins. <laughs> so I suppose all the endurance stuff I've done before hasn't doesn't really prepare you a great deal for jujitsu. You yeah. just have to do jujitsu, really. Yeah. Have you, been, have you been getting a run down the beach, Mickey? Because you live right by the beach, don't you? Have you been getting a run down the beach? I. Any one exercise a day? Yeah. Well, literally for the last couple of days I've been for a run, but my knee's still fucked. I can't. I can't run. It's uh, it's a bit of a nightmare. 
But I'm getting there. They'll get there. So, yeah. I've, my knee's been knackered since the end of November. I entirely blame Kronk. I don't know what he did to it. But, yeah. Well, you're the last person I rolled with, and my back's been knackered since then, so let's call it even. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh the most God, depressing. Six months to recover, anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's Blue the most thing, isn't it? Yeah. Normally, you've got all these pains and aches and whatever, and you just go to jiu-jitsu, and the adrenaline sort of takes care of them. You just have to worry about it while you're not there. But now we can't go there, so you're just like, I'm walking around crippled, yeah. but not not able to... Wallowing train. in pain. Well, yeah. Weirdly, weirdly, I found that whenever I did a good rolling session, my knee got better a couple of days later. It's all this sitting down, letting it seize up that's the worst. I need to keep yeah. it moving and uh, stretching You've it. Got to keep and active. I don't, yeah, I'm not very good at getting out and doing stuff and stretching, so um, I rely on going to jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a killer not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all depressed now. Yeah, we're back. Flat, Mickey, not we're well. back. <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen months time when we gym <laughs> Eighteen months time when we get back to it. Oh, I get my purple belt then. <laughs> Straight in, mate. Brown. Straight to brown belt. Brown town. So Bob Hoskins and Foot Lockers. Well, they come dressed up as you for the first ever lesson. Everyone's dead. And tattoo it into your dead bodies. Oh, that first lesson is going to be a proper mall, isn't it? It's going to be fucking carnage. It's going to be loads of people. We're having an open party. It's supposed to be doing. Yeah, we'll just be flopping on the floor going, (laughs) Can we open the shutters and get a load of mats outside in the car park? Yeah. Mate, we're having an open day party. It's going to be amazing, mate. Oh, but it'll be October then. It'll be raining. It'll be the first cluster of new coronavirus. That's right, yeah. We'll, we'll be, be a second wave. We'll, we'll be allowed back in June. We'll be open for a month, then we'll be closed again. That's Nostradamus has spoken. Do you reckon? That's what's happening. 100%. I might take a month off work. And then the microchips will come out, and then you're only be allowed to train a few <laughs> microchips as you're green. But do you reckon those microchips will have like different settings so you can like matrix train in your own head? I'm buying one. That's the only reason I'm going to get one. If they do that. Yeah. Do you reckon they do? Go on, Kronk. Can you install Angry Birds on the microchip? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Will, will your microchip even get a reading if there's an inch of fat between your skin and the microchip? <laughs> 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 all covered, all covered in hair. All covered in hair and spam. <laughs> Dry spam. <laughs> Women's clothing because you're dressed up like Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I'm taking both your knees, your feet. I'm going to bicep crush you to death. I'm going to calf crush you. Oh my God, you're so dead, mate. I'm going to get massive. That's yeah, you get massive, mate. You get, I'll get more massive. No, you get more massive with a big chunky fat man. <laughs> I've, done a, I've, done, I've done a little. Adam's got Wait. he's got no excuse now. He's been going on, bleating on and on and on about getting down to ninety five kilos for a good eight <laughs> nine months now. He's not he's not getting anywhere away from one hundred ninety five kilos. He's coming back one hundred forty. He can't even get out of bed. He looks like this fat bastard in the sex scene. Austin <laughs> Powers. I'll be coming back one forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mickey G Mickey G we've got to ask a question off air at the end no I'm going to ask it I'm going to ask, ask it now. now don't put it I'm off I'm going to ask it I'm going to ask it very very carefully go on 
took a certain photo of you one day. Yeah, yeah. And it showed a part of your body was really, really long. It's false. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't always been that long. Well, I don't know. I haven't got a great deal to compare it to, but the cock's got to expand into something, hasn't it? When it gets <laughs> and it's awesome for docking. Savages. That's a medical condition. What? Longest four skinners. Well, it's like child's have it, doesn't it? Little kids. It's called a tube, isn't it? It grows into it. Phimosis is a condition where the foreskin is... Oh, no, it's too tight. He definitely yeah. hasn't got that. Get circumcised, yeah. <laughs> it could What's be really with... long and still tight as well, though. There's got to be one <laughs> knot in it, like still, a trunk. Man, still Mickey G's looks like a tube. It looks like an actual tube at the end of his willy. Well, maybe <laughs> you should grow or not a show of sort. So uh, she would have let me know if there's something wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some women are just polite, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <like> Jody. <laughs> for, for years and years. My missus is not polite. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it's quite a better polite nurse. Definitely not. They know where their bread's buttered. When there's a when there's a paycheck coming in at the end of the month. <laughs> what was your question for Mickey G. Kerry? This has gone right off piece. This this is brilliant. Oh no no, it's it's totally on piece at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. We, we major control of this, but this has gone off let, base. Right, let me be prof- the professional. I'm going to ask you a question, Mickey. So, endurance sport, mate. How do you prepare for it? And what endurance events have you uh, have, have you put yourself to? Um, so, as, as I said earlier, I'm, re- I'm really shit at training. So, what, what I do is I kind of just enter an event and then uh, I either train fairly last minute or I use that event as training for another event. So um, I did an Ironman in 2018 and my training for the Ironman was doing a half Ironman earlier in that year. And that was about it. So it's, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit shit. I'll be honest, Mickey, it sounds like you're like the worst endurance athlete that's ever lived. You, you, just, not only have you hardly done any events, we've like introduced you, picked you up as this big in, endurance guy and winner of top, BJJ competitions like he the win. Somerset oh. Open, he didn't actually win. He got a silver. Uh, we've like, this is, this is, it's right I'm really fucking disappointed. I've done five marathons in four days or something. Can you only have done one? This episode should well, be called the Letdown. I've done four marathons. Letdown. I've done an ultra marathon. There was 100 kilometres, that's 60 mile thereabouts. I've done an Ironman. I've done, I've done a few stuff. You've done the Run the Saab. No, I haven't. But have you seen how many people actually do that now? That looks shit. That's a lot. Every, yeah, it's a bit yeah. over. It's a bit over. Just, it used to require skill going it's like across. Doing the it forest, Everest, isn't it? And now you just follow a chain of people. It's just bollocks. Yeah. But Mickey G. Just going off and doing the self downs way one day if my knee recovers. Sorry. I've just found out what your um, thing's called. What's that? So another name for foreskin is prepuce. <laughs> a redundant prepuce means that the skin is too long, completely covering the penis when it is not erect. There you go, mate. Yeah, but who uh, defines what is too long? Normal, your foreskin covering your penis when it's not erect. That sounds normal nah, to me. Nah, mate, not like yours does. <laughs> Adam, he's just jealous because it's twice, three times the size of his. 
his actual <laughs> walnut whip with a towel in your finger. <laughs> I, I first get the loan longer than his penis. That seems crazy. I think, actually, you should donate a piece of your foreskin <laughs> to Adam. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm happy to sew it on. Or, apparently, Tomoko's mum does some decent sewing as well. So I think... I think he definitely arranged for this to be so not. So no so on to me. So we can definitely at least when we have to look at Adam's tic tac, it looks a bit longer than it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's woefully unimpressive in the current state. It's the Buffalo Bill of Tic Tacs. So I definitely think this should be something I propose as we move forwards. It dep- God, this lot, if this lot go down goes on <coughs> any long, this podcast is going to just deteriorate into just it's, a it's mindless ranting. But if you put it on <laughs> video, people will love it. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to get it on. Yeah. We do need to get some... Ca- I think it will, at least it will const- contextualise what we're saying, because Adam really? can get his back out. Yeah, at least it's all right. could get Adam in some clothes. No. I have to minimise Adam because he puts me off. Well, I never, I never wear clothes normally, do I? My gear is all I wear, really. Are you going to keep growing your beard? No, it's getting really itchy now, mate. I don't even know how you get it that long, to be honest. No. Manly, I'm an alpha male. Testosterone starts to get itchy for me. No, but... no, I mean, I'm not saying I don't know how it works. I know how a beard grows. <laughs> but it's fair <laughs> like that. Quite aware of how the biology functions, but what I'm saying is how it, how you deal with it for that long because it's itchy. I'm out for that one, I mean, this is how this is how men are supposed to look. No, that that looks like you've had 100 percent of the roof off the top. <laughs> <laughs> It's all just gone down the wrong direction. The problem is, I've got I've got one of those like weird like nerd heads, aren't I? Like extra long forehead. And my nose has been smashed up. Oh, I've got like a crow magnum brow, (laughs) massive beard, broken teeth and stuff. So I look, I think I look quite handsome. (laughs) The most handsome man in BJJ. The most handsome man in BJJ. You've got it. Faith had character. Mickey, I've got an actual question for you. Oh, go for it, man. The real last one. <laughs> when, you're in the, when you're in the middle of one of these um, massive endurance events that you're not very good at, um, <laughs> how, what does it feel like when you know you've still got like 30 miles to, you know, you've got to do a massive swim and then a massive run, or when you're halfway through, well, how does it feel? Um, it, I'd, I'd be like, just fuck this. Why? Why is this not over? What have I done? Well, it, it depends how it goes, because normally they, they go all right, and that's the freaky thing about it, which is why I enjoy them. But uh, sometimes they do hurt a lot. So then you just got to think, well, it'll be worth it when you finish. It's, when, you, when you go to a jiu-jitsu competition and you know you're absolutely knackered, but you've still got to fight again, you don't think, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to roll on my back and give up, do you? You just you get you get stuck in. No, but it's, it's interesting, Mickey, isn't it? It's interesting. And I've got a theory about this. I want to piggyback off the back of Kronk's question. Uh, something to discuss. Endurance athletes have not much to think about. Discuss. Oh, that's true. I've I've got no brain, no memory. I'm just I forget everything. So this it's, is but it, it's like medita- it's like it's like it's like proper meditation though, isn't it? 
we evolved to be able to walk and run long distances. That's that's what a Homo sapiens evolved to do, to be able to hunt. And uh, it, so it's like meditation for us. You let your brain wonder and it's quite calming. So if you if you don't do long distance running, you have to do something else. Some people do yoga, some people do meditation, some people do jujitsu, because when you're in the moment of sparring with somebody, your brain's completely clear, isn't it? Depends no, if I'm still talking. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm still talking jibber-jabbering about some old bollocks. I, I don't have any clarity at all. It's all but you're not when you're fighting somebody that's uh, at least as good as you are. If oh, no, I am. I've been told off for talking to them in a competition, Mickey, because I can't stop talking. <laughs> I've, I've, I've lost matches off the back of I can't stop talking. Uh, All I'm saying to TikTok. Um, well, I, 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 used to, I mean, I, I used to love running, just being able to just escape, going on a massive adventure, just know that you can just go run for a few hours and it doesn't, I mean, me, I used to go run with my dog. He's like a collie and we just run for hours. We run through snow and forest and we get completely lost and we come back completely fucked a few hours later, but it's a proper adventure. In all um, seriousness, is it, there is something called the flow state. Have you heard of that? Mickey, yeah. have you heard of the flow stuff? That, that, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, apparently, it's very rare for people to get into it, but it is, um, it is, it is there, isn't it? I think I've experienced about about twenty seconds of the flow state when I was training and and doing tie boxing with the monitors, and I had twenty seconds where I could predict what this person's punches were doing. I thought, oh my god, I'm in the matrix, and then I just never had it again, and that was it. That's the only time I've ever had it. Racing drivers have it a lot. Yes. They're about the only people, I think, that can sort of slip into it and stick there. Ed and Senna used to say that he felt like God was driving because he just he wasn't aware of what he was doing anymore. I've heard that, yeah. That, I've heard that. You ran it, Dave, that time when you punched me really hard in the ear. Oh. And then you punched me in the other ear and, like, nearly knocked me out or punched me in the face afterwards. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Remember that day, mate? I don't... I don't... To be honest, I don't think it was my flow state. I think that was I. I have a natural natural tendency to do conscious violence, and that is, yeah. and, and and unfortunately, I have to play it down for normal life. Yeah, yeah. And in in some times, it pops out, and I consciously yeah. be violent with someone. Yeah, broke my ears, broke my teeth, broke my face. So, well, I don't know if this is relevant, but going back to Kerry's question, I think. One of the things I do do all right, and not in jiu-jitsu actually, but one of the things I do do all right with uh, swimming and cycling and running is I've got the technique down really well. So I have, re- I have decent running technique, which means I can run quite light, which means I can run a lot di- further. Um, swimming, I can, uh, I, I can swim pretty well, so it means endurance swimming is a lot easier. But you, when you watch somebody at jiu-jitsu who just, just, just moves and is quite fluid without really thinking about it, and that's clearly not me, but in, in the jiu-jitsu state, that you can tell that they're not using very much uh, energy. It's not assertive to them. Mm. Uh, that I, I can do that with running and, and cycling and swimming. Right. Um, I, Mickey so G, you're the best new blue belt the world's ever seen. <laughs> in what way? You're the best. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I want to see best. you win the Somerset Open. Yeah, you, <laughs> next year you're winning, this, you're winning the absolute, mate. And I can introduce you with actual facts. He did actually, to be fair to him, he, he did win the Somerset Open, but he didn't win the Southampton Open. He won his category. I just remember the crowd looking at me when I was shouting at Everyone's Listen. looking at me. Like, what's he saying? 
Does anyone ever give a fuck, really, at White Belt, what what region you won and how you won it? If you've won it, then I think that people will just put up with it. I didn't even win anything at White Belt, so... Mickey's won everything, I think. No, no, I don't think so, but I'm surprised you haven't, mate. Bloody hell. I'm not. You got to Blue Belt super fast, though, so you didn't hardly spend any time at White Belt. No, I didn't. I started in 2016. Fuck myself. Let's not talk about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> different gym, different times. Depression. It was like a reset, me, mate. But it was a different, a different time, mate. You were different nice place, then. of course, mate. Different place, mate. You I was constrained. Quite, you were quite friendly. Family now. I was constrained, mate, via different methods. <laughs> Does anyone want to give a shout out to their uh, local takeaway that's got a decent FSA rating? <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm going to give a shout out to Harley's in Verwood because they got a five, and I think that's pretty good. Although their customer service is something to be, you know, desired. But if they Mate. want to sponsor this show, then I'm happy to up their customer service level. To a well, Restaurant Roots down our road is a is a practically Michelin star. It's lovely, but it's not got a Michelin star. Uh, Greg went there recently, and he reckoned it was really good. Now they What's they've started called? doing a. It's called Restaurant Roots. Restaurant Roots. And they, roots, uh, double OTS, and they uh, it's just down the road here in Southbourne, and they're doing Sunday roasts, so I'm gonna have Lovely. to do one of those. What takeaways or not? Yeah, or takeaways. Uh, a number of our Lovely. restaurants here are doing takeaways on particularly Sunday roasts. Wow, that's I, amazing. Oh, I do awesome. miss takeaway already. I really miss it. Oh, Domino's are still delivering, mate. Are they? Oh, yeah, but oh, not to Bluewood. Nothing delivers to Bluewood. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll send it nowhere. Ah, uh, but you're in the woods. Yeah. Oh, look, cinnamon, cinnamon Lounge deliver. Cinnamon Lounge, they got a five star rating. Yeah, Chinese cinnamon, Whispers. That's, that's the Indian, Chinese isn't it? Whispers. Yeah, that's the Indian. We, we use Cinnamon Lounge. I'm sure we do. Yeah, they're lovely. Yeah. Nice. I might do that then. Five star ratings. Yeah. Um, I might. I'm a, I await a local delivery of a roast dinner though. That is. That is like epic proportions. I think. Oh well, we've got Larder House near us, which is epic. We tried that uh, yesterday, and Restaurant Roots are going to try next Sunday. You got to keep these businesses alive, haven't you? Absolutely, hundred percent, mate. Like getting fat and eating their food. Yeah, well, you can't get it out of the shop, so you might as well get it out of a takeaway, can you? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you got to survive. This is survival. This is lockdown survival. The fittest that we're doing here. Dave. I'm going to send you a message on Facebook. I want you to look up this place. Okay, go on. Actually, n- naming it. Okay. Why don't you Why won't you name it? Why You'll see it in a minute. It's ridiculous. It's it's not good radio. This Adam. I oh, know, but it's funny. <laughs> it's not funny because you don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you do know what this is. Have they got a calf? They, they uh, yeah, they sort of have got a calf. It was upstairs. <laughs> um, I'm going to look up their FSA rating and see what it is. I don't know how exciting this is for listeners, but it's not very exciting. I'll, I'll change the subject, Mickey G, to make it more exciting. <laughs> Go on, Mickey mate. G, yeah. Have you ever actually trained Muay Thai? Because why have you developed yeah, yeah. that as your your number one takedown? Is to kick the legs as hard as you can, and you've done it every comp I've ever seen. Every comp I've ever um, coached you, you've always just full-on Muay Thai to someone in the leg. Well, I did used to do Muay Thai, so... Um, but you get confused with the rules. Well, no, because it did. 
told you. I'm <laughs> um, no, it's, I don't, it's a reaction, isn't it? <laughs> you see a leg, you kick it. <laughs> uh, and my second, second comment of your technique, you know what I always say to get a Kimura from the side, you just like a little bit of rib pressure. How do you always get away with full on striking him with an elbow? <laughs> <laughs> You've never been DQ'd once. <laughs> because I have no idea what I'm doing. Amazing. I, bl- I blame my instructor. Oh, well, so. <laughs> well, he does tell you to use that line of I don't know what I'm doing all the time in white.com. So. He does, doesn't he? That instructor's always saying that. <laughs> Yeah. Don't, don't go very far after that, is it? No. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you just ripped that man's arm out of his socket, mate. Oh. Don't know, mate. Let's have a picture. Footage <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when I wrap him. Oh, oh, well, I can, I can pretty much guarantee this is probably going to be one of our highest listened to podcasts. All no. right. Clearly not. <laughs> I mean, so far, I mean, I, I can imagine that any potential sponsor is going to want to sponsor this. So, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, just overwhelmed by takeaway food. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I'd imagine that. I mean, that would be unbelievable. And the uh, and the Screen Actors Guild, seeing as we managed to get Bob Hoskins on the show, which is no mean feat. But apparently Bob Hoskins got not a lot on, so he's got nothing else to do but be on a lot. I understand Tatami are wanting to do a film and they want to, they want Bob Hoskins, to be the black belt instructor. So this might all come together. Either um, that or the, or the beardy geezer out of Harry Potter. I try, I try getting sponsorship from Tatami in Italy. I don't remember what happened. Ended up coming in with a mask. No, you licked his ear. You were Did putting I? his there tongue in the Tatami owner's ear. And there's picture footage of this. I'll post it up when we uh, put the uh, podcast up. And the mafia got me. Oh, this is another story. I think, <laughs> I think we need to do this video for for the for the people watching that they're at home, sitting in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. But um, but before we descend into real, absolute, complete, moronic tosh, I think I'll probably say. Thank you for everyone input into the tonight's podcast. Thank you, Mickey G, and giving us an insight into the work, the very valuable work of uh, environmental health. And I think people are realising now that normal people are the heroes. Celebrity <laughs> heroes are old news. Normal people are people who keep us safe. Soapbox, Dave. The people who keep the keep us safe, keep the shelves stacked, who who operate the hygienic food establishments and make sure they meet the legislation. Stop Those with takeaways people. poisoning you. Exactly yeah. that. Those are the real yeah. heroes, you know. Yeah. Does, heroes, does, heroes. Did a Kardashian stop food establishment poisoning you? No, they don't. They don't do anything like that for you. Do they stack your shelves? No, they don't. Well, they might do after this. It depends. <laughs> well, they will hot, mate. The apocalypse, but <clears throat> we'll see. Sad news, chaps. Go ahead. Bob Hoskins, the real Bob Hoskins is dead. Coronavirus. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, he didn't. Adam coronavirus. That is serious rumor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who died of it? Yeah, 2014, mate. He's been gone a while. Really? In fact, no. in a I'm month. Saying, I'm not saying I'm a businessman, but I do see this as an opening. Yeah. For a, like, 
because uh, if the real Bob Hoskins <laughs> isn't available anymore, we've, we've got the best taller one. Can do I thought I was going 187 yeah, kilos. I'd be too big. the best one. Bob Hoskins tribute act in the South Coast. I'd be too big though, wouldn't I? <laughs> you just kneel down. Operating in closed almost hospitals around yeah. the yeah. coast. Tuesday and East. Yeah. The fatter you get, the smaller you'll look if you kneel down. So it'll look like, yeah. you know, you put shoes on your knees and. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, reenact Mona Lisa scenes. I like it. It would definitely be a tough sell now, but I think six months' time when people aren't worried about a virus trying to kill them, I definitely think there's a place for a Bob Hoskins lookalike or a Mrs. Doubtfire lookalike. <coughs> He's dead as well. Yes. <laughs> so they were in hook together, so you know. Oh, you boys are all you just dig in a deeper Adam hole. Adam could be like, um, <laughs> Take, it just takes me two weeks to get back <laughs> to full strength. You boys are all dead. dead. Original weight, though. <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, dead. It takes you a long time to lose weight. That's a lot of slim fast shakes. Serious oh, question, good. Adam who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> All I remember of that last film, right, is a real hot bird. What's she called? <laughs> Jessica Rabbit? Jessica yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. Cartoon bird with massive boobies. And they had like a flashing scene of her legs on it, didn't they? If you freeze frame it. I remember that as a kid. Dark times. Descending into... Um... Hang on, that you what? freeze frame the film. You well, freeze frame over as a youngster. I think this is going wrong. Oh, oh my God. To be honest, I'll take it on the chin. I, I, literally, I, I, I've lost control of this podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> type in Google. Type in so Jack the Rabbit. You've been such an absolute professional for the last seven, eight. <laughs> I know, and I'm a self-appointed chairperson. I've literally cocked this up because this has got this descended into uh, abuse slash a complete trite description misintroduction i've introduced a champion of jiu-jitsu with extensive ultra a world champion of jiu-jitsu with extensive ultra marathon <laughs> skills he hasn't really even done much freaking ultra marathon he's done like half race to the stones 100 kilometers was, yeah. Yeah, was that one ultra marathon uh yeah more than one no, I've only done one. It's more than I've done, mate. So far. It's more than I've done. So far. Now, I, I'm still young, mate. Ultra still young. professional. He's days are numbered, Mickey. You won't even get out there without a FFP-free safety mask on. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going to work? <laughs> I've done a half marathon. Oh, my God. I've done the, <laughs> the hundred metres when I was at school, but it doesn't make me an endurance athlete, does it? That's the worst injury I've ever had in my life as well. I bit into one of those um, energy gel things and it went, I've got a crown on my, on my tooth and it went into the crown behind it. Oh my God, that was angry. You're not supposed to bite into a gel, you're supposed to drink them. That's the point. No, it didn't rip it off. Like, you rip, bite and rip it off. And that, the rip off bit went into my crown. Oh my God, that was bad. Everybody... Everywhere who's had really bad injuries is sympathising with you at the moment. Crown tooth injury. Yeah, people are waiting for knee reconstructions while yeah. the NHS is down. And uh, you know, we'll bring no, mate, it's the worst. I'm arm broken before. Arm, arm broken. Didn't hurt as much as that. Oh, have you recovered now, Ed? No. I think this is a podcast question. Actually, to be honest, I don't know. 
Mickey G's looking at the clock. I'm looking at the missus. She's stood there. She's going to eat shit for this loss. Tell her about your poopoos. Oh, no. Let's cut it there. Thanks for coming on the lockdown, Mickey. Amazing. I've lost control. These boys have just had a way with it. Bob Hoskins, um, this is out far in the corner, is getting fatter as we speak. But thanks for listening. Ne- I promise next podcast is going to be better. If you've made it all the way to the end, can't be prob- doubt- I doubt you have. <laughs> I-, I would have thought you've switched off. Like. I guarantee this is the one with our second highest listens after. Yeah, I think this is, this is it. This is going to make us. <laughs> well, it isn't. We haven't advertised it wrong. It is five blokes that have absolutely no clue about anything relevant that are just <laughs> talking. So what we've actually offered is what we've given. We've delivered what we've yes. said. We've delivered, mate. And, and future guests will know that if they come on here, we probably won't even introduce them accurately. So they can just tell us whatever they want and we'll just say whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be real. We'll just say... Because he's getting told off, look. If, if you've done... <laughs> If you've done the fifteen hundred meters at school, you're an endurance athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and if and if you've got a bronze at the Hertfordshire Open, you're a sponsored athlete. Euros, the, Euros world champion. Euros world champion. So don't don't ha- feel that if you can't we ask you to come on the show, you've got to tell the truth because you don't. We'll just tell people whatever they you know might be interested in, and then talk a lot of shit for another hour and a half. But anyway, thanks for coming, everyone. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks, George. Thanks, uh, Ryan. Thanks, uh, Mickey. Thanks, Bob. Stroke. <laughs> Doubtfire. Stroke. Adam. Stroke. Bariatric patient removal. <laughs> Cheers, I'll, see, I'll see you a window next time when I've um, uh, got the big ladder out. And we've got the word of the day is pre-push. 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 Mickey G. Which Spice Girl would you shag? Oh, oh yes. yes! Well yes. done, Ryan. This is the best part. Yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary we, kill. We forgot that uh, we uh, didn't do it with Jeff. We forgot. We it forgot was, we've got was, really short memories. probably memory. redhead, I reckon, at the yeah. time. What, yeah. what, what, Mary? What, what Mary? You've got to oh, fuck, yeah. Mary or kill. Oh, oh to uh, Mary, I suppose, because she, she was quite outrageous, wasn't she? She was good fun by the looks of it. Kill. Uh, oh, Baby Spice. She's a <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what we're and talking about? Yeah, sexy time, sexy time. Oh, sexy time, same one, the redhead. Yeah, but you got to take black Mary kill. Oh fuck! Uh, scary spice. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. gonna say that. That's an obvious choice. <gasps> I'm, I'm surprised no one's gone there, really. You know. Oh, right. Thanks for that. Well done, anyway. That's, that's, that's it. So I hope everyone's got something out of that. And um, although most of you won't know who Mickey G is, at least you know who he would fuck, marry, and kill if uh, he actually came across the Spice Girls. So, uh, um, when he wins the Thumbs Open next year. We will see you on Friday with a very fuzzy-haired gentleman. And he is really a jiu-jitsu champion. He has won a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff. <laughs> Owner of T Birmingham Academy, Trevor Birmingham, is on the show. He lives in his mum and dad's drawer in a flat at home. That is the truth, and that is how I shall be introducing him uh, on Friday. He does live in his mum and dad's drawer, but he's got a lot of interesting things to say. Because he's been to a few places. So we'll be chatting to him on Friday. 
if you want to hear what Trevor's got to say, then, you know, listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes when they approve our, our stuff. Hopefully they won't yeah. listen to the podcast in order to approve it. But, yeah, that's it. Thanks very much. That was Shout amazing. Out. Cheers. <laughs>